Hey everybody, how y'all doing? I'm Michael, joined by Alex as always. How's it going? And this is Falling Through Plot Holes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And this is part two of our mini-series on the Mafia series, an attempt by a bunch of Czech developers to make a hard-boiled American Mafia-style video game, well, storyline anyways, mm-hmm. that uh, first uh, came out in 2002 and had and is actually still an ongoing concern. So this time around, we're going to be talking about the plots of the first two games, Mafia 1 and the cleverly titled Mafia 2. And next episode after this, we'll talk about Mafia 3 and all the associated DLC that's uh, with Mafia 2 and Mafia 3. But first, Alex, how's it going? Good. It's going pretty good. Good, 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 good. Have you committed any Mafia-style crimes lately that you want to let the police know on this podcast? Uh, no, certainly, absolutely not, no. No, of course not, because you would, you would definitely not rat out the podcast crime family. And, Defin- you know, definitely not, no. no Although, yeah, we- as a complete aside, but crime-related, uh, mm-hmm. I did just this morning watch the first episode of Leverage, a TV show from, like, 2008 oh. that I used to really like, and, um, yeah, that's, that show's still fun. Oh, I don't think I've heard of Leverage. Uh, it's a, it was a show on... I, what was it, like TBS or TNT or something? One of those primetime cable networks with uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, who leads a band of criminals doing Robin Hood-style crimes against evil rich people. Oh, that's fun. It's very fun. It's it's very charming. Hmm. I may have to check that out. Well, Alex, it's good to hear that you haven't broken podcasts or, me- or meta... Omerita? Omerita. Marfa. Yeah, I, apparently I don't know how it's <laughs> pronounced Omerta. That you know, it's it's Italian. I I, oh. I barely know English. Yeah, which is going to make it very unfortunate because we're going to be talking about the plots of you know a bunch of video games involving Italian Americans. Yeah, so some Italian might come up. Some Italian might come up, indeed. Uh, actually, mm, you know what? Less Italian than you would think. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Shockingly little. <laughs> Shockingly little Italian, except for, like, the first five minutes of Mafia 2, oddly <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, Alex, you mentioned you have not really played any of the Mafia games and thus really don't know what goes on in them. Yeah, not really. Nope. Great. Well, then, uh, you're going to be joining me for this ride because I, while I have played Mafia 2 and 3, I never played Mafia 1 before I mm. actually looked into the cutscenes and whatnot and, mm-hmm. you know, watched those and, and, compl- and like, whatever synopsis and whatnot. So we're going to be in for an interesting ride. And by interesting, I be an actually incredibly rote Mafia story. <laughs> I have watched the first Godfather. Mm-hmm. And also played the Tomb Raider reboot, and I feel like between the two of those, I kind of know what I'm in for. Yeah, you know, (laughs) strangely, you're not far off, except less supernatural. Okay, yeah. I meant more in, like, the just quick descent into wanting to killing area. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, The main character, Tommy Angelo, is going to be a murder machine like five minutes into this game. Cool. In a way that, given that he's professional before this, is Taxi Driver? Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it kind of puts Laura Croft to shame in many ways. Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, I figured there was going to be like a part of this that was like, 
oh man, I'm really in it now with like the first time you kill someone, but mm-hmm. also this is a video game. So that's going to quickly transition into kill them all. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy thinks about the first time he kills somebody and then is immediately chill about it about five <laughs> minutes later. So yes. So before we jump properly into Mafia 1, I would be remiss to mention that uh, there is the Mafia Definitive Edition that came out in 2020. Uh, this was a project that was done to modernize both Mafia 1 and Mafia 2. Uh, for Mafia 2, it was very little they actually did. They kind of mm. up the graphics and whatnot, redid some textures, but for the most part, left the story completely the same. Mm-hmm. Mafia 1, they went all out and actually completely redid the cutscenes on top of oh, just wow. redoing the gameplay and everything. Yeah, and so it is considerably different in the way that it is acted, as in the voice acting in that game is actually competent and good, and they do things <laughs> like change the script up to where conversations are not wooden and stilted in a way that clearly was done by, say, Eastern Europeans with a poor grasp of English. Right, right. So there seems to be a significant amount of differences between the original Mafia 1 and the Mafia Definitive Edition in the sense of, like, scene to scene, but not an overarching story. Hmm. That's the big thing about this is that we want to look at the progression of a story, you know, as it goes on in the series. We're Uh going to be covering the original Mafia 1. That makes sense. Next episode, if there's any significant differences, I'll go ahead and go back and point those out, since that's Mm -hmm. technically the latest game in the series now. Uh, If I don't say anything about it, then you should know that there wasn't really a whole lot changed. Fair enough. (laughs) But with that, let's jump into Mafia 1. So Mafia 1 starts with the Bible verse on screen that is, Now that we are strong out to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, mm, little self-aggrandizing. Just a little. bit. Okay. Oh, and it's not going to stop being that way. Okay. It, this, game's gonna, this game's going to try so hard to be like, we're a hard-boiled mafia story, and nobody's ever done that before, that um, uh-huh. they're going to try very, very hard and very, <laughs> very obvious with what they do. So we immediately get like a, in fact, they're going to start with this, the very next scene, as we get a swelling orchestral score, as we see a lighthouse as waves crash into the side of a cliff. We then zoom into the nearby city of Lost Heaven, aka Chicago, mm. as we get shots of the city and the word mafia appears on screen. Eventually, it kind of zooms in on a train as a, like, like basically like the L train, the elevated train that's in like Chicago, mm-hmm. as a man with a beige fedora gets off the train and walks into a restaurant. This man is Tommy Angelo, our main character. Tommy is an Italian-American man who is has basically a strong moral center that has been working with the mafia now for, I believe, eight years at this point, because it is 1938. Now, he is here because he's here to meet up with a police officer, a man by the name of Detective Norman. Norman is a gruff man who immediately wants nothing to do with Tommy because he is a by-the-books police officer, and he believes in the law, and he believes that... You know, the law is an incorruptible force, which Tommy immediately dissuades by that notion by being like, yeah, no, the family I'm part of has literally bought off the police and has bought (laughs) them off for the past eight years. (laughs) Now, Norman is technically new in town. Uh, He's originally from the city of Empire Bay, which is Mm. the this universe is standard for New York. Mm -hmm. 
And he's been basically brought in as an outsider in order to investigate the recent murder of Don Morello, one of the members of, well, the Morello crime family who is, mm. was gunned down basically in the middle of the street. And so Tommy is basically there to be like, hey, listen, I got some information on this because I'm just going to let you know, I basically everyone wants to kill me right now. The family I'm part of, the Salieri family wants me dead. The Morell, what's left of the Morello family wants me dead. And I have a wife and daughter I really, really want to protect. And so Detective Norman's like, okay, cool. Well, what do you have to offer me? And Tommy's like, listen, I will literally tell you my entire life story in flashback form. Uh-huh, okay. That will also reveal more or less everything that's been going on with the mafia in this city and allow you to put them away. And I'll even testify in front of a jury. So Norman, who, by the way, is supposed to be Irish, and I say supposed uh -huh. to be because he occasionally has an Irish accent, <laughs> and occasionally he sounds like somebody tried to do a bad John Wayne impression. Uh Is like, I don't know... I really don't like working with criminals, but I'll hear you out. <laughs> Why don't you tell your story in flashback form? So now we go back to the year 1930, and we find out that Tommy Angelo was a cab driver. Now, as Tommy narrates it, he was a guy who didn't really have a whole lot of money in his pocket, but he was really happy because he was just doing things on his own, and everything was great. You know, he had a... He knew he was doing things right, which is exactly what his family would want. And as he's checking up on his cab, he hears that there's a running gun battle as two cars are just driving around shooting at each other until one crashes. So two men get out of these car and they work for one of the mafia leaders of the city, Don Salieri. Now they get out and immediately point a gun at Tommy and force him to drive somewhere. It's like, just get us out of here. And Tommy is shockingly chill about this. Now, Tommy is shockingly chill about this because the voice acting in this game is, I wouldn't necessarily say bad, but mm. it's badly directed. Mm. Because Has trouble emoting properly. Exactly. Like, they, like, obviously the person who was in the recording booth at this time was not told that, hey, you have a gun pointed at you. Right. You maybe should act worried. Mm. Got it. Because <laughs> there are times when uh, Tommy Angelo will actually... You know, like emote to be angry about it, and we'll do a good job about it. So I think mm. that's I think this is a problem more of direction rather than acting. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Tommy gets him out of there and to Salieri's restaurant, which is called Salieri's. And as they get there, a man in a nice tux then walks out and hands him a bunch of cash and tells him, Listen, if you ever need anything, you can always go to Salieri. Also, do you want to work for us in the mafia? <laughs> And Tommy's like, no, not really. He's like, all right, cool. Well, you should think about it. Also, don't tell the cops about us. We also own the police, so we'll know if you tell the cops. Goodbye. Think about the offer. <laughs> They're very nice gangsters. Yeah, except for the gun pointing. But, you know, desperate you times. Know. I get it. Desperate times. So the next day, he's just hanging out, like cleaning his cab, when a bunch of other mobsters working for Don Morello show up, pull Tommy out of his cab and smash it up. So... This is when we get into the two big factions in Lost Heaven. So there's one that's led by Don Salieri, the Salieri crime family, and then one led by Don Morello, the Morello crime family. Now, the story goes that at one point, Salieri and Morello were friends. They were both parts of the same crime family under the man 
under a man named Don Pepone. However, in 1921, a job goes wrong and Don Pepone dies as a result, and Salieri and Morello merely blamed each other. Since then, they both have had legitimate claims to lead the Pepone crime family. But instead of going into open war with each other, they just split the territory equally and have been at each other's throats ever since. So, Tommy is get busy getting beat up by these guys, and he realizes he's near Salieri's restaurant. So he runs over to that restaurant and runs inside. The mobsters, being stupid, <laughs> go into the restaurant as well and are immediately shot. <laughs> <laughs> So, because of this, Tommy immediately loses his job as a cab driver because the cab company doesn't want anybody associated with the mob working with them. Mm -hmm. And so Tommy's like, well, I um, don't want to die because Don Morello wants me dead now, so I guess I'll work with Salieri's gang instead. So Tommy is led into a back room where he meets Don Salieri, who immediately brings him into the family. Now, Salieri is basically like the nice mob boss uh -huh. his big thing is that he likes to be a patron of the arts to spread the wealth around and he likes to buy influence by basically bribing people or doing them favors as opposed to morello who likes to incurry influence by murdering people and beating them up right basically salieri is the mob boss who does things right morello is the mob boss who does things wrong so yeah murder and violence is a well-known way to run a business very well oh yeah yeah if you just murder everybody including your own subordinates eventually everything <laughs> is going to work out for you fine yeah yeah that that always goes super well and doesn't cause any problem unnecessary problems for you down the road or immediately Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it it's like the it's like the um the comic strip kevin and kel which is about anthropomorphized animals living in the capitalist society and one of them I'm probably going to cut all this out, but I, <laughs> one of them is basically a predator of oh, this predator and prey. And like uh. one of them is a predator who runs a company that's basically like hunts prey, who are also sentient beings, by the way. Right. And like, but occasionally he also just eats his own employees. But they go like, well, you know, we could just not work for the boss who eats us. But at the same time, he gives us great benefits. This sounds like a really weird take on Zootopia. It really is. <laughs> this, it's mm, terrible. <laughs> this, this is yeah. This is like some Adult Swim filtered Zootopia. <laughs> it kind of is, but it's played straight up. It's stupid. Ah, uh, that's yeah. That's mm, weird. Uh, that's yeah. odd. It's very very odd. I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is that Mafia is basically this. Gotcha. So. <laughs> So yeah, Tommy meets Don Salieri, who immediately brings him to the family, and he introduces him to Polly and Sam. Those are the two guys who helped him out in the cab. Mm. Or I guess Tommy helped them out in the cab. They pointed guns at him. Right, yeah, yeah. So Polly and Tommy are going to get along great, and they're going to basically become best friends. Sam is the guy who wears a very nice tux, who exists to basically show up and get shot. And then right. Tommy and Polly are going to have to carry him to a doctor. Like, literally, mm -hmm. this happens, like, three times out of the four times he shows up <laughs> in this story. You know, it kind of stops working after the first time. <laughs> it kind of does. Definitely it after the second time, you don't really want to go back to that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you really don't, but... 
as we're going to find, there aren't a whole lot of wells to draw water from. Or uh, perhaps more aptly, this well doesn't have a whole lot of water to pull up via their right. mafia-shaped bucket. <laughs> Gun-shaped, perhaps. Mm. So another person that Tommy meets is uh, Don Salieri's right-hand man, Frank, who is basically mm. like a straight-laced bookkeeper who's like very much just super pragmatic and mm. doesn't joke around at all. Now, Frank immediately doesn't like Tommy, thinking he's just doing this because his back is against the wall, which he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. But Salieri's like, ah, whatever, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send Tommy and Polly now to go after some of Morello's guys and mess them up. And Tommy does that. He's like, great, Tommy, welcome in. You're part of the gang. So back with Tommy and Detective Norman, uh, you know, we find out that this is, at this point, Tommy has been with the Salieri family for eight years. And, like, Detective Norman's like, so you were just cool with going around and murdering and beating up people? And Tommy's like, yes, I was. <laughs> I'm in the mafia. Why are you shocked about this? And Detective Norman's also like, I can't believe the cops would go after you. And Tommy's like, buddy, at one point, Don Salieri was making $25 million a year in 1938 <laughs> money. <laughs> We were using that money to buy the police and the city council. Nobody was ever mm. going to go after us. And Tommy also explains at this point in 1930, Morello and Salieri were just kind of sparring. You mm. know, they weren't actually going after each other, but both sides knew that things were eventually going to blow up. Right. And that's when we do actually get a, like a view of Don Morello, a man who just constantly wears an all white suit as he gets mm. into like a car crash with somebody and then just immediately beats that person to death in broad daylight. <laughs> And Tommy uses that as an example of how Salieri is different from him, because once again, Salieri tries to build his power through friends and connections. So now we fast forward to the year 1932. So Tommy's with the mob now for two years. He does some more jobs, such as compete in a car race for some reason, steal councilman's sure. car, does a bunch of stuff. So now Tommy gets a bunch of money from this, and he has money, luxury cars, everything is great. He's at the height. Now one night, Tommy's hanging out at Salieri's bar when he meets Sarah. A waitress who basically works for that bar owner, which is a man by the name of Luigi, who sounds like a droopy dog. <laughs> He's just like, Tommy, can you help me get my daughter home? Hooligans are harassing her. You're a nice, upstanding man. You work for Don Salieri. I know you're upstanding. Walk my daughter home. <laughs> and Tommy's like, yeah, cool, I guess. <laughs> So Tommy does, he beats up a couple of thugs, and in, <laughs> they go back to Sarah's apartment, Sarah tends his wounds, they have drinks, they dance, she immediately comes on to him, and in a very mm -hmm. 2002 sex scene, that plays out in total silence, except for a ticking clock, <laughs> <laughs> they have sex. <laughs> It's amazing because it's just complete silence for like 20 seconds. You just hear like a clock ticking and you're like, is there, this is kind of horrifying in a way, actually. <laughs> is this supposed to be unsettling? So afterwards, Tommy immediately decides he's going to marry this girl. So you're like, man, okay, cool. I wonder how Sarah's going to play into the story, right, Alex? Mm, except that I've seen mafia movies. So no, no, I'm not <laughs> wondering that. Are you wondering if she's ever going to have another line in this entire game? Only a little. She is not. Great. Awesome. Are you, are you wondering <laughs> if she's ever going to be on screen ever again? Yeah, kind of. She's not. 
Man, you know what my favorite part of The Godfather 2 was? Was when uh, was the main character, Michael, mm-hmm. when his wife just isn't in the movie at all and has no relevance on anything or impact and isn't the most impactful character in the whole movie? Yeah, you're right. You know, it's almost like mafia <laughs> movies are about have this thing about a balance between, you know, their dedication to their family and then their air quotes family, right? Right. And how that could really lead to some tension. Mafia, the 2002 game, says, well, we're going to have that tension. And by have that tension, I mean, Tommy's going to be like, but what about my wife and daughter that you never see? (laughs) At a point where it's like, Tommy, do they they actually exist? Are they actually, you never bring them around, Tommy. (laughs) You never talk to them other than, I don't know if I should shoot this man. What would Sarah think? That's great. I, if Sarah is here, maybe she could tell us. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe she would like to tell you what she thinks. Yeah, that'd be great, right? Anyways, we're never going to see them ever again. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Who needs a haunting final scene about don't ever ask me about my business? Yeah, right? Who needs that? Not Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Not Mafia. <laughs> so the very next scene, uh, Don Salieri... Ollie and Tommy are sitting in a room. Half the cutscenes are basically these three just sitting in a room. Right. Basically yeah. being like, Don Salieri being like, I need you to go on a mission <laughs> to beat up these guys. They're messing with our business. <laughs> and then Tommy being like, Sounds interesting, boss. And so, Polly, by the way, he doesn't really have a personality other than. Thinly veiled Joe Pesci's character, Tommy DeVito from Goodfellas. Uh-huh. As in occasionally he gets angry, and then there'll be a pause, and then Salieri be like, calm down, Polly. <laughs> so they decided that they're gonna go after the thugs that were harassing Sarah. Uh as Wait, a game. why? Oh, because they're messing around on Salieri's territory, and he's not gonna allow that. Tommy already beat him up. Yeah, but they're gonna beat him up more. <laughs> now Tommy is given explicit orders to not shoot them, which is why Tommy does not shoot them, but Polly does. Of course, yeah. And it causes Tommy to wonder what either his mom or Sarah would think about the things that he did, which then I say again, yeah, I would actually wonder what they would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. yeah. Nice. There is uh, more characters than just you, Polly, Don Salieri, and then occasionally... Uh, occasionally Tom when he's not too busy not, not Tom, uh, Sam when he's not too busy getting shot. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be interesting. It, it would really heighten some character drama. It really would. But don't worry, we are going to get this drama because the person that got shot was actually the son of one of the city councilmen. And so because of that, uh, the city councilman decides to throw his law in with Don Morello instead. Mm-hmm. And so, so now because of that, like, the police are starting to, like, close in on down Salieri. So, because of that, Salieri's right-hand man, Frank, pulls him aside, and he's, like, pulls him, being Tommy, aside, Mm -hmm. and he's like, hey, you have to go to a brothel to murder the owner, blow his office, and then shoot a woman who's there who's been leaking information to Morello's men. So, Tommy Ghost does that, but he finds out this woman is Sarah's best friend, who, Sarah's best friend, by the way, has more lines than Sarah does. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So Tommy confronts her, but he can't bring himself to shoot her. Instead, lets her go. The promise that she never comes back to town. So Tommy then decides after this to go to the funeral of Billy. Billy being the city councilman's son who died. And then just Uh 
shoots everyone. What? It's never explained why he does this. He just does. That's a real hard right turn from I can't bring myself to follow orders to shoot this woman who's leaking information to time to just drop this entire funeral procession. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I think the reason is because, like, one of the people in there knows Tommy and he wants to shut them up. But at the same time, it still involves him busting into a funeral and then shooting a lot of Don Morello's men and a bunch of city councilmen. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's an approach that helps anybody. As we'll later find out, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, at this point, Tommy also has a very dumb talk with the priest where the priest is like, how can you be good and OK with this bloodshed? Do you think God, God forgives, but can he forgive this? And Tommy is like, but you take money from Don Morello. So who's really wrong here? And yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. like everyone mm. is corrupt in this city sort of situation. Uh-huh. But it's also like, Tommy, there's like 20 dead people in here. Come on now. Yeah. So it's right after this, we actually cut back to Detective Norman, who once again is like, I can't believe you would say the police would be in bed with the mafia. And Tommy is like, of course they are. You have your laws, but we have our laws as well. And Norman's like, oh, the mafia have laws? What, you some kind of justice system? And Tommy's like, yeah, you know, if somebody steps out of line, we make sure they're punished. You know, all the laws matter. Laws only matter if the people behind them are strong. And our guys are strong. Okay, first of all. Pauline shot someone he was specifically told not to shoot and suffered no consequences for it. Yep, absolutely so, none. So that's crap. Second of all, is Norman still going on about corrupt police? Tommy just confessed to murdering like 20 people, including city council members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, no, there's a bigger issue in the part of the story that was just talked about. Yeah, there really is. And yeah, you... Th- Norman really comes off he's supposed to come off as like this hard-boiled detective from the big city but he comes off as just like incredibly naive about how the world even works yeah especially for being from the big city Mm mm-hmm yeah it's like what is there like not mafia where you're from which I can tell you there is mafia where you're from it's gonna be explained in mafia too (laughs) that takes place in Empire Bay yeah, it's like, I can't believe the police would be taking cuts from the mafia. You're from New York, man. People can be bribed with money? <laughs> You're yeah. from the bribery capital. Yeah, right? It. Yeah, it, really, this is kind of like one of the things that I wonder if the Definitive Edition, like, tightens up considerably. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, really weird thing where they, like, this game wants to explain to you what the mafia is. And wants to kind of use Norman as almost like a POV sort of character of like, right. I don't understand how the mafia works. And it's like, they pay people off for, with, with money in order to get influence so they can earn more money with their illicit activities. And everyone's right. like, what? Tell me more. But it's also, it's like, sir, it's 2002. Everyone knows how the mafia works. Yeah, there was a bunch of high-profile childs in New York. Like, come this is not unknown. <laughs> like, the, the, if this is a POV character, it is an unnecessary POV. No one needs the mafia explained to them. No, they really do not. 
They really, really do not. Yeah, thankfully, when Mafia 2 happens, uh, they're not they're not going to do this at all. And it's Good, very yeah. nice. Because, like, no one picked up a game called Mafia, looked at the title, and went, I wonder what that means. Yeah, right? Yeah, it doesn't... Uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty explicit on the box what you're getting into. So, getting back into the past, uh, after all this, like, Tommy, you know, murdering a bunch of people, he gets mm-hmm. really depressed and becomes an alcoholic, starting to party across town with Polly. He's not really seeing Sarah, because they're not quite married yet. And everyone's like, man, Tommy, you and Polly are really lining up around town. Like, not in a way that's like, hey, you're making a problem for us, but more like, I'm slightly concerned for you, friend. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tommy, maybe you should get with Sarah, get married, and have a single child that we never see. Right. And Tommy's like, I don't think that would work, because my family's based with me murdering people constantly. Which is like, not wrong. You're right. And, but, like, everybody, including, like, Frank, like, Frank, like, pulls him to a car is like, hey, man, we gotta talk. Your life's falling apart. Maybe we should get with that Sarah girl. And Tommy's like, Frank, we have literally never talked before this point. What the hell? <laughs> so... Things, like, escalate after this. With You know, I'm starting to think the problem is Polly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. just looking down the list, I feel like P- Polly's kind of at the center of all the problems. Yeah. Maybe people should be like, hey, Tommy, you should stop hanging out with Polly. We need to do something about Polly. <laughs> yeah. You may have foreshadowed a twist that's going mm. to be coming up here soon enough. <laughs> So things escalate shortly after this when Don Morello uh, ends up hitting Don Salieri's bootlegging operation. And mm. also since like the cops are now like angry at Salieri, they're starting to side more of Morello and taking his bribes instead. Mm. So the cops and, th- and feds in general start to go after Salieri's finances. Like they pick up Frank and Frank hands over all the books. And so because of that Salieri's like Frank was like a brother, but he betrayed the Omerta. Tommy, you need to kill him. So Tommy finds Frank and asks him, why would you do this? And Frank tells him, listen, man, I just can't stomach all the death anymore. Everyone keeps dying. The whole thing in a church happened. Polly exists. <laughs> like, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I had to get away, man. I had to have a clean slate. Also, by the way, my family's been taken by the police, and the police are threatening to kill my family if I don't cooperate with Morello and the police. Wait, Tom- what? Yeah, yeah. Now the the police kidnapped Frank's family. Frank has a wife and daughter, and right. Yeah, the and holding... the police are threatening to kill them. Yeah, if Frank does not, you know, basically hand over all information on Salieri, so they can put him behind bars, because the police are corrupt. Yeah, but like, boy, that's a whole other level of corrupt. I feel like he should have led with that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he really should have. <laughs> So Tom is like, okay, listen, I'm going to get your family back. But then after that, I am going to have to kill you. And Frank's like, cool, fine. Mm. And so Tommy gets his family back. He gets the books from Frank. And then Frank's like, all right, cool. Let's, uh, I guess, walk around the corner and you could shoot me, I guess. (laughs) But Tom's like, no, go with your family and flee to Europe. And Frank's like, man, I will never forget this. But by the way, I got to let you know, you know, there's something you got to know about this business. One day, your best friend ends up being the one to kill you. And ha- and Tommy thinks about this, like, man, Polly's my best friend. I hope one day Polly likes me as much as I like Frank. And so... Uh, um, 
Tommy, I feel like you're missing a real important part of what he just said. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you kind of missed the the big red flagged point there. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so, but nope. Mm. That's just gonna fly over Tommy's head. All right. No, you, to- you do your best, Tommy. Yeah. So Tommy lies about Frank dying and him disposing the body, and so there's a big old funeral held for Frank that's public, and Morello and Salieri are there, and they fake cry about Frank being dead. And, like, Tommy reflects on how, like, boy, this seems all fake and stupid. I really kind of hate this. Mm. Anyways, I'm going to continue working for the, the mafia. Mm-hmm. So, Tommy marries Sarah, has a daughter. Once again, this is never shown. Right. And in 1935... Uh, Salieri and Tommy go out and get lunch together and are ambushed by Salieri's men. After they have a bonding moment, uh, I, I said Salieri's men. They get ambushed by Morello's men. Okay. After Tommy and Salieri have a bonding moment murdering people, word get, gets back uh, to Morello and his brother that basically Salieri survived, and that means there's now a full-on gang war. So Salieri and Tommy has Tommy murder basically all of Morello's supporters in like the city government, the police and whatnot. So more city councilmen get murdered. Mm-hmm. And eventually Tommy is ordered to go after Morello's brother, Sergio. This goes very badly because the first attempt, they tried to like basically lure him out of his restaurant and just shoot him, which doesn't work. They shoot a random <laughs> civilian instead. Ah. The second time, uh, they attempt a car bomb, but... Uh, Sergio gets like mistress gets into the car instead and blows up and Tommy has the quip of man that's one hot dame wow yeah it's terrible the third attempt is that like literally Polly just walks up to them they're just hanging out and they're like we're having we're having a talk with all our mafia friends and then Polly walks up with the Tommy gun and goes Salieri sends his regards and then the gun jams he goes oh no wow <laughs> and has to run away what's funny is like every time like Salieri's like don't worry it happens man sometimes a lady gets blown up like each side time he gets like more impatient he's like don't worry it's fine it happens sometimes you screw up just go out and try it again try it again (laughs) eventually Salieri's like okay you're just off of this I'm sending somebody else to do this they screw up Tommy has to go and clean up their mess. He kills like 50 people, and eventually he blows up Sergio after he hides in a nearby warehouse. So, eventually, they all decide they have to go after Don Morello himself. So they find out he's at a theater in town, and so Tommy, Polly, and Sam all go to the theater to shoot him. Immediately, everything goes wrong. Morello sees this attack coming and manages to get away while the, with his police protection. Uh, they chase him to an airport where they damage his plane as it's taking off and it crashes to a nearby field and blows up. So now Dallin Salieri is in charge and everyone's happy. He rules the city. Except Tommy realizes that he ended up killing the man that was once Don Salieri's best friend. He mm. comes to the realization that eventually he's likely going to be facing the barrel of the gun, likely from his own best friend, Polly. And soon he might not be able to trust anyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should get out of this life. Mm-hmm. Now, Tommy gets this reinforced by the fact that Salieri immediately wants him to murder a politician in public. And Tommy's like, oh, hey, boss, maybe we've killed enough people? Yeah, also, that seems like a weird approach to take that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he's running on, like, 
an anti-gun sort of thing. And he like he also is like running brothels on the side and he's gonna muscle in on Salieri's business. So he's like, you need to murder this politician. Okay. We need to go back to the mafia has rules thing again. Mm-hmm. Um that doesn't seem like something that warrants jumping to public execution. You would think not, but uh like that feels like negotiations and or blackmail can probably solve that problem. It probably could, but Nah, Don Salieri is just jumping straight to the murder thing. Okay, yeah, also having Tommy do it in public kind of feels like throwing him to the wolves. It kind of does, although for Tommy it works out. I mean, he does, like, snipe him from afar, so there's that. But yeah, so Tommy murders him, and immediately Salieri is like, Good job! I want you to rob a shipment of cigars! (laughs) Which, with Polly, and so Polly's like, This is stupid, alright, but fine. Mm -hmm. So, during the job... Polly asks Tommy and Sam, this is like Sam's one appearance where he doesn't get shot, Mm -hmm. if they would be down to just rob a bank without cutting Salieri in on it. Tommy thinks this plan is dumb, and Sam thinks cutting the Salieri family out is also dumb. Yeah. So so Polly drops the idea, and they go just get the cigars. And it turns out the cigars are actually diamonds. And so Polly's like, wait, what? He didn't tell us they were diamonds. We're being screwed by Salieri. And so, like... Okay, this is just crime. Yeah, right? We've gotten to the point of just go do crime. (laughs) We kind of have. (laughs) We kind of have. And what's funny is that Polly's like immediately like, what if we just steal the diamonds? Okay, everyone needs to stop doing so much crime. This is how problems (laughs) happen. It is how problems happen, which Tommy immediately recognizes, like, no, you're not stealing the diamonds from our boss. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Throughout all of this, this convinces Tommy that actually, no, we should rob a bank. And what? agrees to rob the bank in front of Sam, which I'm sure is not going to cause problems. Because <laughs> he basically thinks that if Salieri wasn't being upfront with them about getting a shipment of diamonds, that means that he wasn't trying to pay them their fair cut, which means that he's just being used by him. Which, yes, he's your boss. Right. Yes, he is using you. But also, like, it is a little bit reasonable that, A, you're getting screwed, and B, he's just sending you to steal diamonds now? Like, Mm -hmm. that's a weird business plan. It is a bit of a... But maybe you should just, like, get out. Maybe you should get out. Maybe you should get out. Tommy's not going to get out. He's going to go and rob a bank, which they do, and it goes well. Great. Now, the next day, Tommy goes to Polly's place so they can figure out what to do with the money, and he finds out that Polly's been shot and is dead, and all the money's gone. Mm. So the phone in Polly's place rings, and upon answering it, it's Sam. And Sam's like, oh man, Salieri found out about the bank job, and he decided to kill Polly. And Sam's like, oh no, he's going to be after you now, Tommy. You need to get out of town. And Tommy's like, I can't leave without my family. And Sam's like, okay, okay, well, just meet me at this like local art gallery, and I'll help you out. So Tommy's like, man, thanks, Sam. And Sam's like, you owe me one. And so Tommy goes there and, oh, no, it's an elaborate and unnecessary trap that Sam has sprung. (laughs) Like, it literally starts with him, like, raining the money down on top of him that Tommy stole. And he's like, ha ha, that's right. I'm the one who informed Salieri that you guys robbed the bank because you idiots told me the entire plan in front of me after I said this is a stupid idea. We shouldn't screw over the family. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Polly was a liability. We had to kill him. And so Tommy's like, but what about me? And Sam is like, 
Oh, by the way, we found out, you know that girl you let go? She came back to town, and she mentioned that you let her go. And then that made us think about what happened with Frank. We found out Frank was still alive. Oh, by the way, Frank's dead now. We killed Frank. And that means, Tommy, guess what? Your word doesn't mean shit. And if your word doesn't mean shit, then you're not good with the family. You can't be trusted. So uh, we're going to now kill you now? So Tommy like does like a sweet dive and manages to shoot two guys midair mm. and then they get into a big old dumb gunfight that involves Sam getting shot in the back. So as you know, he... to be to be fair to Salieri, mm-hmm. he probably should have looked at Tommy when his body count was somewhere in the 50s and been like, you know, maybe this guy could become a problem if he's ever a liability. Yeah, right. It's like, man, this weird cab driver is real good at killing people. Real good at killing people. We should, yeah, we should maybe nip this one in the bud now. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, <laughs> Sam probably should have just, I don't know, shot him at Polly's apartment instead of just right. being like, I'm going to do this weirdly, weirdly elaborate trap in an art gallery. Right. Well, see, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, you should have probably just shot Tommy. But then again, like hundreds of dead people. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a reasonable assumption that might have just not worked. Yeah, true. True. Because <laughs> it sure as hell didn't work in this case, because, yeah. Nope. Sam gets shot in the back, and as he dies, he tells Tommy that they'll eventually get you. Just like they eventually found and killed Frank, and that Tommy needs to remember that friendship doesn't mean shit. And the scene ends with Sam bleeding out all over the stolen money. So Tommy gets Sarah and his daughter, and they leave the city. And now we're back in the present of 1938. And Detective Norman's like, so you're the one who destroyed the millions of dollars worth of art at the art gallery. And Tommy's like, I think that's not really the point. No. Yeah, no. Like, the he has killed dozens of people. Mm-hmm. I feel like Norman is missing, like, that point every time it comes up. Yeah. Yeah, he gets fixated on, like, one small little thing, and Tommy's like, focus, focus. Like, how is there not a nationwide manhunt for this guy at this point? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would figure that he'd be like, man, screw the Salieri's, man, we need to get you. Yeah, he's like 90% of the mafia's body count. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so, Detective Norman, after all this, is like, is, is that it? <laughs> And Tommy's like, yeah. And so Norman's like, okay, cool, but uh, are you worried if you testify in court, you'll just make it worse? And Tommy's like, hey, it's worth it if it means my family is safe. Also, I'm literally a dead man walking, so yes. <laughs> so Norman agrees to help. And what results is that a big trial where 80 members of the Salary family are put behind bars. Some get death sentences. Salary himself gets a license. Uh, Tommy... They were like, listen, man, we, you have to go to some level of jail. Mm, mm-hmm. So he goes to jail for eight years. Upon being released, Tommy and his family are moved to another part of the country with a new identity. We now cut to a now old Tommy watering the lawn of his house when a red car pulls up with two men, one wearing a blue suit, the other a tan suit, who immediately asks him, hey, Mr. Angelo? And he turns around and says, yes. And they say, Mr. Salieri says his regards, and they shoot him with a shotgun. The game ends with Tommy's dead body, as he says, the world isn't run by laws, it's run by people. And it's important to have strong values, no matter what. 
He says that he screwed up. He risked it all and ended up with nothing. Because, of course, and this is, he doesn't say this part, crime doesn't pay. Mm. Right. And that's Mafia 1. So, yeah, Mafia 1 is not a, it's not a good story, Alex. It's not particularly good. Like, I like certain things about the way they set it up. Mm. It's got a fun, like, structure to it and a fun hook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also just has, like, a few key plot holes and logic holes. And also, I feel like once Morello died, they didn't really know where to go from there. Yeah. So they're just like, I don't know, what if Tommy does crimes and then pisses off Salieri? Yeah, right? It's like, oh, we... I guess we need to have a downfall for him. And, like, they do, like, foreshadow some things, like Tommy letting right. those people go and whatnot, coming back to bite him. Right. Like, so it's, like, it's not completely out of left field that Salieri would eventually have problems with him. Right. But at the same time, yeah, it's like, okay, well, we we did the thing. Oh, we need to wrap the story up. Oh, uh, mm, mm. uh, diamonds. Diamonds, yeah. Oh, no, there's a bank robbery now. Oh, Polly got in too deep. He got Joe Pesci's character from Goodfellas. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that, like, against the standards of 2002, it's pretty good. But, yeah, mm-hmm. nowadays it does not hold up. And yeah, I'll be interested when I take a look at the Definitive Edition this week to see if, uh, if, if they, like, do stuff to make that a little bit more smoothed out. Because I, I imagine they probably have taken a look at that and went, yeah, we could maybe do something with this. Probably, yeah. So... Five years later, we're going to get Mafia 2 in the year 2007. And Alex, oh, they do such a better job with this story. <laughs> Mafia 2, upon revisiting it, uh, this is a game I actually did play and beat back in the day. Mm-hmm. This story actually holds up. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not going to say that it is perfect by any means. Sure. It still does this thing of introducing a character and deciding to forget about them for, say, 10 hours. Yeah. Until they show up again randomly. But, <laughs> you know, there's actually a through line here. And there are actually things that sort of make sense to set up the downfall and the whole crime doesn't pay sort of angle. Mm. So this game starts out on a rainy night as we see our protagonist, Vito Scaletta, an Italian-American man in his 20s, as he's looking some, at some old pictures in a dingy apartment. And he narrates his life. We find out that he was born in Sicily before his family moved to Empire Bay, a.k.a. fake New York. Mm -hmm. So when they get there, they're all excited about living the American dream, but then they get set up in tenements that were rat-filled, small, terrible, fire Mm -hmm. hazards and whatnot. Vito's dad goes to work at a dockyard where he becomes a neglectful alcoholic, and Vito eventually realizes that, oh, maybe America's not all that it's cracked up to be. Now, as Vito grows up, he immediately falls in with a bad crowd. And this bad crowd includes his best friend, Joe Barbaro, an outgoing and somewhat wild youth. And they immediately get into the business of committing crimes together. Mm. So in 1943, during one of these crimes, a crime that literally see, has them throw a brick through a window in front of a cop that they could have seen if they just looked right. <laughs> <laughs> Vito ends up getting caught by the cops and he is given two choices. Choice number one, you can go to jail. Choice number two, you're 18, you could go to World War II. Mm. He chooses to go to World War II. So Vito gets assigned to the 504th Parachute Infantry Regiment, which is a real infantry regiment. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and participates in Operation Husky, which is the Allied invasion of the island of Sicily. Mm. Now, it's during this operation that Vito's actually going to eventually earn the Distinguished Service Cross and is basically going to become a war hero. So, right away, this, is, actually, this is a hell of a setup. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm not really a big person who's like, oh man, due to narrative dissonance, man, it's really mm-hmm. weird how this person can kill a bunch of people. Like, even with like Tommy Angelo, cab driver slash professional murderer. Like, right. it is a little weird, but it's also like, it's a video game, right? Yeah, it's a, you gotta. But I do appreciate that they're straight up like, nah, Vito is actually really good at killing people mm-hmm. that do killed a lot of Italians and Germans. Yeah. Which it is a, the one part I'm kind of struggling to grok with is like, okay, you're under arrest. Join the military. That like, is not unknown, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Even nowadays, that sometimes is, is like a pathway for troubled youth of like the mm. judge being like, if you join the military, I will fri- wipe this from your record. And I actually knew I somebody in high school who did that. Right. I don't, I don't know if I'd necessarily consider that a good idea. I don't know if I would either. <laughs> But, but uh, okay, worked out for Vito. He became a cool parachutist. Yeah, and also, yeah, like join the parachuters. Yeah, which uh, you had to volunteer for, if I remember correctly. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah, let's roll with it. Yeah. So, in Operation Husky, his unit gets immediately blown off course as he attempts to parachute in and end up behind enemy lines. And after being hidden by the local townspeople, uh, they decide to help them out when the Italian army shows up to, like, basically punish this town for hiding them. Uh So Vito and his unit manage to hold off the soldiers just long enough until Don Callo, the head of the Sicilian mob, shows up in a Sherman tank and just tells him to (laughs) surrender. (laughs) Okay. And that's when Vito sees this and realizes what kind of power a man can wield in the right circumstances. So... Vito basically stays in the military until 1945, until, like, I think literally long enough to participate in the Battle of the Bulge, uh, Mm. until he is shot and sent back to the United States on a furlough, when he runs into his old friend Joe at a train station. So Joe takes him back for a beer, and they catch up together, and Joe's like, man, that's crazy, being in the war and whatnot, good thing that you're back home permanently and Vito's like nah I'm just here for a month and then I'm going back to the war and Joe's like do you really want to do that and Vito's like not really and Joe's like wait here so he gets up makes a phone call and comes back and says hey turns out your injury's too severe and now you're going to be discharged from the army crazy right and Vito's like amazed that like Joe was able to do this and Joe's like ah don't worry about it I know some guys so Vito thanks Joe, and he immediately goes home to his mom and sister, Francesca. Uh, we also learned that during his time away, his dad has died under mysterious okay. circumstances. So his mom learns that Joe got him out of the army, and she's like, Oh, don't you worry about me like that. Don't hang out with that troublemaker Joe. You should get a real job. Yeah, she's right. Yeah, get, she is going to be 100% <laughs> right. So the thing about this is that Vito is actually a pretty reserved person, like, in mm-hmm. terms of, like, he's, like, kind of naive about how the world works, but at the same time, he's also like, well, I don't want to take unnecessary risk because of that. Uh-huh. Joe very much knows how the world works, 
but he's a wild child who will take all the risks. Right. So I feel like mafia movies have that character a lot, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like, oh, this is the protagonist's best friend, and they'll do anything for them. Yep. But they also cause a lot of problems. And I always look at that character, and I'm like, why are you hanging out with this person? Yeah, right? This person is going to be the plot hook. He is, yeah, he's going to be the one that caused the problems. Now, as we'll get into, Joe's not going to cause all the problems. Like, he'll cause mm. some here and there, certainly. Right. But the main thing that's going to cause things to blow up is actually not going to be his completely his fault. Mm. So, there's at least that. They don't go completely into that trope. Okay. But they are going to get, like, halfway there with him. So, like, basically, Tommy's mom is like, listen, I know a guy by the name of Poplardo. He used to, he used to, he runs the docks, and your father worked for him. I'm sure he'll give you a job. You could be just like your absentee drunk dad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, do you really want to recommend his father's contacts to him? Yeah, right? It seems Didn't like a seem bad idea. It seemed to work idea. out super well the last time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, and it's not going to work. Well, it's arguably going to work out for Vito, as we'll see. Mm. So Vito agrees to go do this. And as he goes to the job, he finds a loan shark is harassing his sister. And we find out that their dad took out a dumb loan to the tune of $2,000. And the loan shark wants it back. So Vito goes to see Joe, who immediately kicks two women out so he can talk. Mm. Joe goes, huh, I bet I could give you a crime job doing crimes. And Joe goes to introduce Vito to all his crime friends. And they get a job lifting cars. So that gives him at least some of the money, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Vito goes to get a real job at the dock and speaks with Papalardo, an overly fat man with a mustache who barely looks at Vito, Vito as he gives him a job moving crates for like 10 bucks a day. Mm. This is a great mission because like you are actually you go there and you have to at least take one crate out from like the back of a pickup truck and put it into the dock. And uh-huh. it takes like a couple of minutes to do. <laughs> and it's meant to be boring, and after that, you go and actually go like, oh man, fuck this, I'm not going to do this job. Right, time for crime. When I first played this game, I went, no, my Vito's going to be an upstanding citizen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just Shinmu the whole thing. <laughs> yep, I went, it's like, I'm going to unload as many crates as I can. The game makes you stop after five. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, which to be fair, is still like 15 to 20 minutes of like uh-huh. in, like actual like real time. Mm. <laughs> I was I was sad that I couldn't just like unload crates for perpetuity. <laughs> so so like uh Vito goes back and he tells Steve, Papalardo's right hand man, he's like, Yeah, you could tell you could take your money and shove it. I am not doing this. This sucks. And Steve's like, Alright, cool. That's uh that's fine. Uh don't you ever come back. And like uh uh Vito's like, Yeah, hell yeah, hell no, I'm definitely not gonna do that. I'd rather go work for Joe Barbaro. And then Steve's like, oh, Joe, you, you knew Joe? Cool. Uh, come with me. Let's go talk with Popolardo. Uh, why? Oh, because Popolardo's heard of Joe and they're friends. And he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, let me give Joe why, a call. Why would you name drop your friends that you did crime with? <laughs> shut up, man. Yeah, you should have shut stop up. Stop talking. Stop talking. But no, no, Vio cannot <laughs> stop talking. And so Popolardo's like, all right, cool. I'm a gangster. I'm going to give mm-hmm. Joe a call real quick. I'm going to put this gun on my desk to let you know I'm going to murder you if you are not friends with Joe. Mm-hmm. Hey, Joe, is this guy your friend? Oh, cool. All right, yeah. Uh, do you want a job earning more money? I'll, can you go beat up people? And Savito does that and is like, 
cool, man, I'm earning so much more money now. Maybe crime is what I should do. And so Vita goes and meets up with Joe later. Um, and they meet up with another person by the name of Henry. Henry is a member of the Clementi crime family, one of the three big uh, mafia families in fake New York, Empire Bay. Mm-hmm. And they hire Vito to rip off a bunch of gas stamps, basically little ration stamps that you could use to basically get gas. So they go and do all that. Um, it goes it goes well enough. And because of that, Vito is introduced to Luca Garino, a, like basically the right hand man of Anthony Clemente or Antonio Clemente, the head of the Clemente crime family. And so they're like, hey, if you go and do this hit, for us and also pay us five thousand dollars we'll let you join our crime family and so they go and they kill this person uh we find out like during this time that henry's from his family of mobsters had to leave sicily after mussolini took power and basically murdered his family uh and it's like oh there's like a kind of a bonding moment between this character that we're definitely going to see later Mm. so they like, end up killing this guy. Vito gets the money to pay off his father's debt, and everything goes well. Everything is up and up for Vito. Everything is going to be great, which is why the very next day, he is arrested by the feds for the whole gas card thing they did earlier. Ah, uh, not the not the murdering thing. The not gas the mur- card thing. Yeah, the gas card thing. The murdering okay. thing, and whatever. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, the feds will get you on the thing you don't think they're gonna... Yeah, pretty much. That's that's kind of how they the the murder the mafia honestly has like down to a science. Mm-hmm. They're like, here's how you make that go away. Yeah, and then yeah, the FBI is just like, yeah, but you ripped off federal property, so that's bad. Mm-hmm. You and did the one thing worse than murder, stealing from the government. Yep. Yep. So Vito gets a goes to jail on a ten year prison sentence. Now, in prison, Vito immediately gets into a bunch of fights, which impresses an old man prisoner. This guy is Leo Galante, a member of the Vinci crime family who's in jail for fixing fights. Now, he recruits him into his weird prison boxing club, and through this, Leo and Vito get to know each other. Uh, we basically Vito finds out from Leo that Luca was basically screwing him over because you don't pay to get into the mafia. That's stupid. Mm. Uh-huh, proof- yeah, I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Leo's like, yeah, don't worry. I'll let the commission know about this, because this is (laughs) bullshit. The commission being kind of the group that oversees all the mafia families. Mm -hmm. And so, during Vito's stay in jail, he finds out through his sister that, she one, she is getting married, and two, their mom is dead. So, Vito's like, no, my mom! Yeah. So, after a few years in jail, uh, he eventually gets into an altercation with an Irishman who tries to shank him. So instead, Vito murders him. Now, mm. Leo basically covers this up for him, and impressed with Vito's ability to just kill things, <laughs> he moves him into his own cell, which is more like a palace, given how it's endured to nicer rugs, has luxury items and whatnot. Mm. And Leo's like, yeah, I'm like the right-hand man to, you know, Vinci himself. So, yeah, it's, I'm able to just move these in. And I'm about to get out of jail. And I want to let you, I want to ask you, like, what do you, what do you plan on doing after you get out of jail? And Vito's like, I don't know, probably not go back to work for the docks. Probably punch Luca in the face. And Leo's like, yeah, that sounds pretty great. You should uh, hit me up after you get out of jail. Anyways, uh, see you later. Oh, by the way, I need to tell you about uh, the three crime families. There's the Clemente family. You already know the Falcone family, which is new. And of course, my family, the Vinci crime family. 
you know, just keep that in mind. It's going to be important for this game. Anyways, I'm going to get out of jail and I'll see about getting you out of jail early. Mm. And Vito's like, how can you possibly do that? <laughs> Basically, the next day, Vito gets out of jail early. Nice. So now it's 1951. Vito is released early and he goes to see Joe, who's now firmly into the power look combo of a leather jacket and Hawaiian shirt. Like that is just going to be his look mm. the entire game. And it's great. Fair enough. We find out Joe is now working for the Falcone crime family. And so he's like, yeah, I should introduce you to Eddie Scarpa, who's basically Falcone's right hand man uh, and kind of get you in on all this. So Eddie tells him that Leo talked to him about Vito and um, and he heard that he can keep his mouth shut. And that's great. You should work for us and, you know, do stuff. And Vito's like, yeah, that sounds great. And they all celebrate at a cat house where they all get ridiculously drunk except for Vito, which is good because like they basically he basically finds out that uh, Eddie has like a dead body in the trunk and they have to go bury it. But they're all like uh. too drunk except for Vito. <laughs> so Vito has to bury a body while a couple of drunks give him shit. It's actually a really great scene. The, the one thing I really want to emphasize about this game is like the interpersonal <laughs> like dialogue between everybody is so much less stilted. Right. And it's just so it's done so well mm, that you're like oh good. wow people have personalities yeah of course they're gonna get drunk and of course they're just gonna give him constant shit about him being in prison and whatnot mm-hmm. as he like buries this body that he did not realize was in the <laughs> trunk yeah it's pretty great so the next day we are introduced to marty a precocious 18 year old that's joe's friend who constantly talks and is excited about shooting guns and joining the mafia he's precocious he will die mm. so uh He's basically there long enough to annoy everybody as Vito mm-hmm. and Joe uh, do various jobs and they do well enough that eventually Vito's introduced to Carlo Falcone himself, the leader of the Falcone crime family. So Falcone is a Sicilian who was initially in the Moretti crime family uh, when they were a thing in Empire Bay. Mm-hmm. He rose within the organization to the point of becoming Don Moretti's right hand man. But unfortunately for the Don, Carlo was incredibly ambitious. And so when Moretti and Don Vinci got into a war with each other, he conspired with Vinci to assassinate Moretti, ending the war and putting Carlo in charge of the newly minted Falcone crime family. Now, to this day, he's still incredibly ambitious, although at this point, he's satisfying with gaining influence with the public at large with like charitable donations and other altruistic behavior. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, say, taking influence from the other mafia families. He's also rankling feathers with the other families because he believes that the old school Sicilian way of doing things isn't compatible with the changing of America. And he wants the family to change with the times as well. Which the other families are like, no, you have to keep mm-hmm. th- things the way the old ways. Mm-hmm. So Vito learns from Falcone that Alberto Clemente and Luca Garino, the leaders of the Clemente crime family, are planning to make a move against his family. They're suspected of kidnapping a man by the name of Harvey Beans, Falcone's accountant. And so Vito's tasked with getting him back and murdering the Clemente family members who did this. Mm. So Vito does this. He sneaks into Clemente's slaughterhouse, kills a bunch of people. Um, Luca himself ends up dying during all this, and he gets uh, Harvey Beans out of there. Now, because of this, Falcone brings in Joe and Vito, and he makes some made members of Falcone's family. It turns out this is not just because of Vito's good work, but also because Leo Galante put in a good word for Vito. And Vito's like, Vito's like, well, why didn't you just introduce me to like the Vincis? And Leo's like, well, you know, 
your best friend is already working for Falcone. Like, we really want you in our family, but, you know, he's already pretty deep in with them. And, you know, you should stick with your best friend, you know? Don't mm. worry. I know you're going to do good things, kid. So there's a really big dumb ritual that happens where basically somebody tells Vito, like, hey, you could never deal drugs. We never deal drugs in this. We never sell drugs. That is bad for the community. You could do everything else, but never sell drugs. Uh, They're going okay. to sell drugs later. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a point where Vito has to bleed the, the trigger finger that he'll use to kill his brother one day onto a picture of the Virgin Mary which is then lit on fire and Vito has to hold in his hands while he recites basically a promise to uphold the honor of the family that is now replacing his old family it's, it, it's really over the top I yeah, that seems that seems like a lot, but sure, mm -hmm. that's that's probably how crime families work. Yep, it it kind of is, I guess. So a big old montage happens of Joe and Vito living a life, buying cars and getting ladies, shooting people and having fun. Vito buys a house; it's nice. So what seems to be literally the next day after that, though, mm. Carlo has Vito and Joe go and assassinate Don Clemente and his men at a local hotel. Oh, okay. So they take Marty along as a getaway driver, and he's very excited to be a getaway driver. So after pretending to be cleaners, they plant a bomb on the 18th floor and blow it up. Now, Clemente isn't in the room at the time, and he manages to escape the hotel, forcing Vito and Joe to go after them, but not before finding that Marty is dead after being shot by Clemente's goons. Oh no. They catch up with Clemente and gun him down in the middle of the street, and after this, Joe is pissed about Marty being dead. He's angry and sad about the fact that Eddie and Vito are kind of callous about it. Like, well, I mean, he kind of knew what he si was signing up for. Like, it's mm -hmm. the mafia. And, like, Joe's like, Vito, you need to get out of here, man. I, you, you can't be around here. So, Vito leaves, but he eventually gets a call from a bar that uh, Joe's in there getting very drunk, and he's very sad, and he's waving a gun around. So, Vito meets up with him just long enough to see him shoot a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then he has to carry, he has to dispose of the body and carry Joe home. And like Joe's like, I'm sorry for shooting the bartender. And Vito's like, just it's fine, just get sober up, idiot. So the next day, Vito finds Henry on his front doorstep. Uh, Henry, of course, being from earlier in this game, he mm -hmm. formerly worked for the Clemente crime family, but that's no longer a thing. And he doesn't want to get shot by Falcone, so he wants Vito to vouch for him and get him into the Falcone family. Vito readily agrees with this because he thinks Henry's a good guy who's very professional. Mm -hmm. So Vito takes him to meet Eddie, who immediately tasks uh, Henry with a job. The Vinci family is coming after Falcone, so Henry needs to kill Leo Galante. And Vito's like, wow, that really sucks. And Eddie's like, yeah, we know he's like your friend. He introduced you to the family, so you can go along if you want. But if you don't, we 100% understand. And Vito's like, yeah, straight up I can't. You know, he's, you know, man... Uh -huh. He's, he's like family to me. He's, and so Eddie's like, dude, 100% understand. Henry, good luck. And Henry's like, gotcha. And Vito's like, well, I'm uh, going to go home now. And Eddie's like, okay, cool. Yeah, come by tomorrow. I'll have a job for you. It's like, yeah. See, see you later. Gets in car, immediately drives over to Leo's place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so one thing I do kind of like about this is... It's a lot less, uh, how do I put this? It's a lot less like ham fisted and allegorical with the different crime families being mm -hmm. like, oh, here's the good one. Here's the evil one. This is, this one is like, here's these three. 
Mm-hmm. And they all put on this veneer of like kind of getting along, but really they'll just shoot each other in the back of the head the first chance they get. Oh yeah, no, they absolutely hate each other. That's why it's three distinct families and not one family. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they they also have this like rapport of like, oh yeah, you should go talk to the other family. I'll put it in a good word with you. Like, mm-hmm. ah, we're all we're all friendly. We're all buddies here. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, go shoot them. Yep, pretty much. Put him down. Yep. And like, it's interesting because like Leo is like one of these characters who's going to be very like straight up about that being like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we're all family. But yeah, no, we will shoot each other. And <laughs> but that's just part of the business. So, hey, like whatever. As Leo is going to explain to Vito when Vito like literally just like runs into his runs to his front door and is like, Leo, I need to talk to you. You're here to kill you. Ah. And Leo's like, shut up. You want to drink? <laughs> And so Vito explains what's going on, and like, v- like Leo's like, Vito, you hired somebody to kill me? He's like, no, 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 I just introduced Henry to the family, and he's here to kill you, but we need to get you out of here. And Leo's like, uh, no, we're not gonna do that. And Vito's like, what? Why not? It's like, listen, man, this is just how it works. This is how this business works. I know I was gonna get gunned down one day. I'm in the mafia. <laughs> and so Henry... Yeah. Like, they try to escape, but Henry quickly finds him. And Henry is like, what? Vito, what are you doing here? And Vito's like, I can't let you kill him. He's like, he's like family to me. And Henry's like, well, if I don't kill him, they're going to think I intentionally let him get away. And since I was formerly part of the Clementi family, they'll kill me. I'm kind of in a bind. And so he's like, listen, Vito, I understand why you did this. If you leave, I'm not going to let anyone know you're here or what you did. You know, I totally Mm. get it. But you gotta go. And Leo's like, listen, man, this was really stupid what you did. You tried to buy me maybe a few more years of my life. I'm an old man. Buddy, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And so Vito walks out. And in a scene that actually is like mo-capped really well, like Vito's hands uh-huh. are shaky. Like, he lights a cigarette and he hears a gunshot. And then Henry walks out and is like, you owe me one. And then Leo's like, hey, buddy, you want a drink? <laughs> <laughs> and so basically Leo is going to leave town and never come back. Uh, he's going to go basically to a beach and just have drinks. And he's like, yeah, nah, man, I'm just going to enjoy retirement. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. That seems like a good way to go out. Mm-hmm. And so he does. Now, despite... It, it's It seems like maybe they should they should just do this by default. Mm-hmm. Like, just send someone with a gun to be like, hey, you're done, leave. Mm-hmm. Like, take your money and leave. And then they can be like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that would work out better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately, as we'll find out, that is more going to be an aberration rather than a norm. Right. So, even though Henry didn't kill Leo uh, and Leo got away, uh, Falcone welcomes him into the family anyways. And so, they, you know, start doing jobs together as well. Uh, and as we... As things go on, we find out uh, that Vito, like, runs into his sister, Francesca, who finally shows up after, like, literally eight hours. Mm. And we find out that her husband has been cheating on her and doing drugs. So Vito finds him and beats him up, freaking out Francesca, is like, I told you not to hurt him. He's like, oh, he must have just gotten a fight. And Francesca's like, oh, but he said he's going to stay with me, and he's going to be a changed person. And Vito's like, good, because if he doesn't, I'll kill him. And if Francesca's <laughs> like... Why would you be so violent? You're a changed man. Stay away from my family. 
And that's the last time we hear from Francesca. Okay, like, yes, I also watched The Godfather 2. I understand what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like, Mafia is now two for two for having a female character just being mm-hmm. like, she's here for a couple of lines to do one very specific thing, and then we are yep. done with her. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know it's a Mafia story. It's going to be primarily you know focused on men in the first yeah. place i get it but it's like mm-hmm. it's it seems very conspicuous in this yeah, case you, you can you can have a little more nuance about it just a hair a bit right so yeah the next day vito's house is burned down by a bunch of irishmen taking all of his things and money with them so he's basically back to square one yes go and live in a dingy apartment and the next day like he tells joe and henry about this and henry's like listen I got a job that will get you a lot of money. What if drugs? If you sell drugs, you get a lot of money. So what if we sell drugs? And like, <laughs> where are people getting these jobs? <laughs> like, I understand. I, I should rephrase that. I know crime happens, and you can find crime to do. Mm-hmm. Why is no one just going to the dawn and being like, "Hey, can I have work?" Yeah. Right. Like, like, hey, boss, as your employee, I would like to get paid for something. Do you have a job for me to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically do the thing you've been doing this entire time as part of the as that part of this crying family, right? Yeah. No, let's do this other job doing the thing we said we wouldn't do to our boss. Yep. Oh, it gets even better, though, because it <laughs> turns out Falcone actually is in a drug business. And in fact, that was causing tension between him and the Clementi family, because the Clementi family Uh, was trying to get into drugs. uh Uh-huh, of course, right. So Henry is like, well, we'll just not tell about the the Falcone, we'll not tell Falcone what we're doing. So, okay, (sighs) cutting him out. That's not going to work well. But it gets better. See, they need Mm -hmm. to, like, get $30,000 in order to buy the drugs. Uh, uh, what? So they're going to get it from a loan shark. And then they're going to sell the drugs that they're going to buy from Chinese gangsters, and then they'll pay the loan shark back. These people are in the mafia. Do they not understand what a scam is? Right? Yeah, you You need to buy drugs from us so you can sell them at a markup. Mm -hmm. And that will be your profit? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to act as middlemen to a guy who's already sort of acting as a middleman. And And they're going to get money from a loan shark for that amazing opportunity. Yep. All the while hoping that their boss, who basically went to war with another crime family over them moving into the drug business, doesn't find out about what they're doing and kill them. Right. Once again, they're in the mafia. Mm Mm-hmm. They're supposed to have, like, they have access to crime. Yeah, they do. If their goal is to do crime to make money, that's literally the job they have. Mm-hmm. They don't need a side hustle to do that. Yep. Yep. But, uh, you know, the allure of money, Alex. The allure of money. But there's already money. But there's more money. Is this more money? I mean, they're going to earn, like, something like over, like, $100,000 from this. So Okay, wow. So that, yeah. that seems like a kind of profit that would ruffle some feathers. Yeah, and as we later learn, it will. Because <laughs> um, they go and they basically well, Vito's initially like, I I don't want to do this. This sounds like a bad idea. But Joe's like, I'm all in. Hell yes. 
Let's sell the drugs. All right. And Vito's like, all right, I'll sell the drugs. My friend wants to sell the drugs. And so they do that. They go and they sell the drugs. Um, they get into like a big gunfight police and all this other stuff happens because it is a video game, but they sell right. the drugs. So they have more than enough money to pay back the loan shark. Um, everything is going well. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the next day they find out that Falcone found out about the deal and Henry is knifed to death in public by the Chinese. Wow. I wonder how I found out how he found out. I wonder if it could have been the gun battle with the police. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Also in the process, all the money got stolen. So now they can't pay back the loan shark. How did. <laughs> Why are they so bad at crime? They are so bad at crime. Well, don't worry, Alex. They're going to get even worse at crime. Good. Because jo Joe and Vito are going to go like, oh, the Chinese killed our friend. We need to go kill all this, all these Chinese gangsters. And so they do. And they go, get back to the guy who sold the drugs. And they're like, why did you kill our friend? And he's like, hey, Henry was a government informant. And they're like, uh. you're lying. And then Joe shoots him before he can find out where the money is. So now they really don't have the money. Oh. <laughs> uh. And so they need to get money quick because they have to pay back the loan shark by Friday. So the next day, Eddie gives Joe and Vito a job from out of town to go kill someone who ratted out his family back west. And they're like, we'll pay you 5,000 bucks for this. And so they drive to the outskirts of the town, walk up to Tommy Angelo from the previous game and kill him. Got it. Great. This scene, this scene was funny to me because <laughs> it's so random if you've never played the original Mafia. Because mm -hmm. they just show up and go, Mr. Angelo, shoot him. And it's like played up as like this poignant sort of thing, like this right. like, tying of a bow on a story. And I'm mm -hmm. like, who the hell was this guy? Yeah. yeah well, All right, that guy's dead. Anyway. Yeah, uh, uh, Gary, let's just move on to the, our problems. How we don't have enough money to pay this loan shark. So They should have played that way more down. Mm -hmm. Like they should have played that from Vito's perspective of, yeah, just shoot that guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, so Just to really create the juxtaposition of like, yeah, DeVito, this one's nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, just another job. Yeah, right? Instead of just like lingering on the body while sad music plays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would have been that would have been pretty good. That would have been pretty good. So right after this, Vito gets a job from uh, Papillardo, uh, the dock yard owner. Uh -huh. That, uh, hey, there's a bunch of dock workers that are going on strike. I need you to help me scare them. So he goes down with Popolardo and his men to scare the workers. But then one of the workers recognizes Vito and goes, Hey, I knew your dad. Why are you working for him? He killed your dad. And Vito goes, What? Mm. Popolardo's like, Hey, listen, you swore an oath to uphold your family, not your old family. Your old family's dead. And Vito goes, I mean, did you kill my dad? And Popolardo's right hand man, Steve's like, Hell yeah, I did. And Popolardo's like, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> And so Vito kills them all. And so, yeah. so right after this, Joe goes missing. And it turns out that Don Vici's people grabbed him. So Vito goes to Vici's bar to get him back. And he's immediately kidnapped himself. Vito and Joe were then taken to a skyscraper and tied up uh, to bait, like a skyscraper that's being constructed. And are like tied mm -hmm. up while Vici interrogates him about why the Chinese are literally trying to murder everyone now. Uh, that's fair. That's a good question. Yeah, you wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? And Joe Vito refused to say anything, and he managed to escape. Joe, like, thanks him as being taken to a doctor, and Vito tells him it's no problem. 
You're my brother. I'll always have your back. So now we're back to the start of the game where Vito's looking at old pictures. As Vito knows that eventually that truth's going to come out that they're the ones who basically caused a gang war between the Chinese and the mafia. Uh-huh. And Vito and Joe are probably going to get killed because of that. So Vito, of course, goes, this wasn't how this was supposed to go. So next day, Eddie gives him a call and tells him, hey, I need you to come right away to the local observatory. And Vito's like, all right, cool, I'll bring my gun. And Eddie's like, no, don't bother. Just come. Don't bring a gun. And Vito's like, I'm not going to question this. Like... You should, no, stop going places that people on the phone are telling you to go. Mm -hmm. You are a man wanted by every criminal in the city. Yep, yep. And for the few people who don't want you, they're going to want you very soon. So you should not do this. So Vito walks to his car when a man with a gun asks him to step into another car. And Vito's like, well, all right. And it's... <laughs> And inside is a very angry, angry Leo Galante. Now, Vito's like, hey, Leo, you're back. And Leo's like, shut the hell up. You shut up. You idiot. Yeah. You fool. You, why'd you start a war with the Chinese? Yeah, you know what? Good fucking question. <laughs> Honestly, Leo is 100% right at every point in this game. He really is. Leo is my favorite character in Mafia. <laughs> He's great. I love that he, that like the game was setting up. Vito getting, like, set up and lured into a trap, and then Leo just shows up as like, shut up, get in the car. Mm -hmm. yep. We're not doing this. This is stupid. Get in this car. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, like, Leo's like, why'd you do this, you idiot? You've, you don't realize how much you screw things up. <laughs> and Vito's like, well, they killed Henry. And Leo's like, well, okay, okay, first off, like, the leader of, like, the Chinese are, like, in, like, the Chinese gang is in there. He's like, listen, Henry was a fed. He was a fed. They killed him because he was a fed. <laughs> yep. We all knew he was a fed. And then you decided to go in and shoot him. Now, my associate here, the leader of the Chinese gang, wants you dead. Falcone wants you dead. Frank Vinci wants you dead. The only person who doesn't want you dead is me. You have one chance to make this right. You're going to go to the observatory and you're going to kill Falcone. And Vito's like, if I don't, it's like, it, Leo's like, what do you mean if you don't? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, wait, so what is his logic for this will make it right? Basically, uh, Falcone is trying to go to war with the, Vin the Vinci crime family now as well. Uh-huh. Because the Vinci are very old school and don't like the drug mm -hmm. dealing aspect. Okay. And Falcone is trying to deal drugs. Now, this is also a problem for the Chinese because Falcone is mu muscling in on their territory. Right. So okay. this is like a mutually beneficial thing. It's like, okay, if you murder this idiot, we will stop the war. War will be done. Right. We'll let you live and we can just go about our business. Right. Okay. So Vito goes to the observatory, fights his way in, and confronts Falcone. Falcone tells him he's an idiot. You're yeah. dumb. You're not going to walk yep. away from this. Also, by the way, I turned your friend Joe. He's working for me now, again. Yeah, he, okay. Yeah, so Joe, like, walks up and points the gun to Vito's head. He's like, sorry, Vito, man, this is just business. And Vito's like, man, you don't gotta do this. And Carlo's like, Joe, shoot him. And Joe looks at Vito and goes, on three, we turn around, mm. we shoot this guy. <laughs> so they count one, two, three, turn, and kill Falcone. Nice. 
So Joe and Vito walk out, and it's like, they're walking out. Joe's like, man, Carlo basically offered to make me a capo, give me literally everything I ever wanted. And Vito's like, well, why didn't you do that? It's like, well, you owe me five bucks. You haven't paid up yet. <laughs> so outside, there's a bunch of cars. Leo's like, job done? It's like, yep, job's done. It's like, all right, cool, great. Let's get in the car. Let's go to the cat house and party. <laughs> so Vito gets into Leo's car. Joe gets into another car. And as they're driving off, Joe's car goes off in a different direction. And Vito's like, well, mm. what the hell? What's going on? And Leo goes, sorry, kid. He wasn't part of the deal. And the mm. game ends. Damn. Yep. Good ending. Yeah, that's strong. Yeah. So yeah, this story is so much better, Alex. It's, yeah, it's way better. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not completely rote. Like, it's still definitely like a crime doesn't pay mafia story. Like, in the end, Vito loses his entire family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the fame and money wasn't worth it. Right. But like, Well, I mean, it was kind of worth it. Doing mm-hmm. a stupid drug deal wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. They really like, if there's one flaw, it's that everything falls apart by that one really dumb decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, Vito, like is weirdly enough sort of like doing the right thing up until that one point. Right. And then, yeah, it all falls apart from there. Right. Versus if he had just like gone to Falcone and been like, hey, my house got burned down. Can I like stay at a safe house or a hotel or something? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that would have gone over better. Mm -hmm. But no, just... Take out a loan to do drugs from the triad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do that. Just undercut your boss. I'm your very ambitious boss who doesn't like people muscling in on his drug territory, as he proved in the start of the game when you murdered a literal head of a crime family because of that. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to work out fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, It it's one very dumb decision that just happens halfway through. Yeah. But yeah, like I like uh, I like how Vito and Joe interact. Like a lot of one thing that doesn't come across is that in the missions, like mm-hmm. like Joe is constantly coming with you, and so mm-hmm. there's a lot of interplay between the two characters. Right. In fact, for the longest time, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, which means I'm sure this is true, uh-huh. Joe apparently is the fictional character with the, who says uh, the word "fuck" the most times in a video game. <laughs> so like, you get a lot of back and forth on there that is like really really good. Uh, there's also a lot of canned voice lines that end up uh, have been seared into my brain will never leave because in the middle, yeah. car, like, middle of fights he'll constantly say words like Vito and I'm going in <laughs> so like yeah you like just really like learn to like these two characters and it ends up like hitting hard when eventually yeah Joe's car goes mm-hmm. off in a different direction and you go oh yeah that man is dead yep mm-hmm. so yeah that is Mafia 1 and 2 so, as we described in the previous episode, Mafia 2, released in 2007, didn't sell that well. Like, it mm-hmm. made a profit, but it didn't make a Grand Theft Auto level of profit that Take-Two was hoping for. Right. So, because of that, uh, Illusion Softworks is going to pretty much go under because of this and mm-hmm. be folded into a new company called Hangar 13. And roughly about t- nine years later, a new game will finally come out with a new writer and a new setting, and kind of like a very different sort of story Mm -hmm. in the form of Mafia 3, a game that goes, what if instead of telling a kind of by-the-numbers Mafia story, 
We instead tell a kind of by-the-numbers revenge tale. But that will be for next time. Alex, do you have any th final thoughts? Have you been convinced that crime doesn't pay? Once again, I've been convinced of my version, which is that crime does pay, but getting caught is really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I am a little bit disappointed that, as far as I know, to date, they haven't gotten Joe Pesci to have a role in these games. <laughs> I, I now have to know. I have to know if he's actually been in a video game. I'm sure he's been in a video game. But not a mafia game, yeah. Not a mafia game. What was that game that it was like, hey, this is the new organized crime mafia heist game and its selling point is look at all these crime actors we have in this game yeah 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 that that came out really recently right did, did that game ever come out i feel like we saw the trailer with all the names and then it vanished yeah because it was kind of embarrassing yeah was that game real yeah i i'm pretty sure it was um Oh, man, I wish I remembered what it was. I think, because I think Joe Pesci was going to be in that game. Yeah, we, we gotta, we gotta look this up. We, we gotta, I gotta know. I gotta know what happened in that game. Uh... Found the website that basically is just a website for casting people <laughs> in fake movies. And one of them is a fan casting for celebrities in the video game. A video game <laughs> featuring celebrities to have an action adventure to stop and Doctor, an evil Dr. Oscar and his team of bad celebrities and criminals. That's pretty good. That is pretty, pretty good. good. Apparently it's going to star Obama, Joe Pesci, and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fun. Wait, I, I'm really confused. Wait, did Hangar 13 make a Goodfellas No, game? no, that's from a fan in wiki. That's not true. Okay. That's, not, that's not real. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, that, that messed <laughs> me up too. <laughs> I was, oh man, this is this is a wild rabbit hole. I can't believe this exists. Oh, the fan in wiki is fucking terrible. I hate the <laughs> fan in wiki with all my heart because you'll sometimes look something up and it will point to the fan in wiki. You're like, oh wow, they did this. Where? The no, they did not. No, they didn't. Oh man, that's oh. Uh... Yeah, looking up celebrity video game doesn't help. By the way. Yeah. No, I I didn't. I'm trying to. No, never mind. That's from 2006. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. This movie has freaking vanished, or this game has freaking vanished. Yeah, because it was part of the Game Awards, wasn't it? it yeah, yeah, it super was. 2022 Game Awards uh, announcements. <laughs> it was either that or Summer Games Fest. I'm sure. I forget which one exactly. I feel like it was the Game Awards. I feel like it was the Game Awards too. Let's see. Do do Final Fantasy 16, FromSoft, Hades 2. Ken Levine's newest game, Judas. Um, da, 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 da. Oh God, I forgot about Judas. I did too. Uh, da, da. Diablo Four, Street Fighter Six, Suicide Squad, uh, da, 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 da. Crash Team Rumble, Celeste. My God, a lot of things got Crime Boss. Yes, 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 Crime Boss. Crime Boss, Rockaway City. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this this came out, and oh boy, did it now! Ooh. Came out my birthday. Oh, that's depressing. Oh man, uh, aggregate score of fifty two out of a hundred based on thirty two reviews. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, man. Uh, that's right, because, yeah, it was basically supposed to be like a payday sort of game, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, oh, boy. It was developed by in-game studios, a, a company based in Brno in the Czech Republic. Yeah, okay, yep, yeah, that, that tracks for, you know, mm -hmm. mafia-style crime games, I guess. Yep. Many of the reviews wrote that most of the hired voice cast put in underwhelming performances, so... Well, yeah, because they have, like, a 77-year-old Danny Glover in there, like... <laughs> yeah, he is, in fact, too old for this shit. He indeed is, but yeah, like, yeah, Michael Madsen, Chuck Norris... How old is Chuck Norris? Is? Chuck Norris is 83, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Danny Trejo, Danny Glover, uh, Michael Rooker, Kim Basinger, Vanilla Ice, and Damien Poirier. Yeah, yeah, this is... Ooh, boy. This, this ooh, is rough. Boy. This game did technically happen, and yeah, he's still forty dollars on the Epic Game Store. Oh, I guess it got update two point I wonder if that helped. I bet it didn't. Wonder, wonder what old celebrity added to that update? Mini AI improvements. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just watching the two point trailer now. Oh no! <laughs> uh, this doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. You know, I'm not not really shocked about that one, Alex. This this looks like an Xbox 360 game. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael Rooker's touchdown. Touchdown speaks entirely in football metaphors. God. Oh, that's beautiful. What a beautiful thing. Also, I hate this IGN review because one of the headers is "Heist to Know You." <laughs> oh Gross. man, terrible, terrible. I think we should end that there. We, yes, agreed. Thank, thank you for doing this with me, as always, Alex. Of course. And for you, the viewer, if you want to listen to more episodes of Fallen Through Potholes, go to ftp.podbean.com and search for Fallen Through Potholes on your podcast service of choice. Leave a review and a follow. We really do appreciate that. And we'll see you all next week as we talk about Mafia 3 and also Associated DLC. Take care, everybody. Take care.